Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High and Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. I am Mackie from the UK, and joining us this week, we have Temple Grower. Hello, how are you guys doing? Hope you're feeling good. Uh, TG's from Canada, by the way. I forgot to say that. Oh, yes. I? Fuck, fuck, messed up already. Anyway. Oh, that we're keeping yeah. it secret now. Yeah, I think we're keeping our location secret, especially you, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> GB, what are you saying, bro? Yeah, great. Hello, everybody. How are we keeping this week? Well, I think we're all scared of World War Three this week. Oh, I do believe <laughs> so, but I, I was trying to keep it on a positive note, Mackie. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll try and keep it positive. That's what we'll do. How, how are you doing, Marge? I'm doing great. Keeping warm up here in Canada. You always say that, and gas prices have gone up all around the world. Oh, we're, we're keeping it light. We're keeping it light. Let's not do that as well. <laughs> Monkey, yeah, how you doing? Mary just has like 50 layers on her here. That's, That's what doing she means, fine. isn't it? Yeah. What's up, Monkey? Doing, you good? Doing fine, Mackie. Greetings to everybody from the Southeast US. Hope everybody's having a good time tonight. Yeah, man. Trying. <laughs> well, Trying I know I am. Smiley face on. I've got this uh, new bubble hash I'm sampling tonight. I like it. Mm, everybody's on the hash. And TG got some hash there as well, right? Yeah. I'm, Marge, you, you know, got hash? Okay. Uh, I do have hash, but not in front of me. That is not what I'm consuming. It, uh, this so night. the answer is yes, Mackie. You feel left out yet? You know, GB, you got hash as well. Say yes, please. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh it's just me and GB oh. on our hatchless over here. <laughs> Shocking. Oh, that's so far. Gets, that's a good oh, so God. far. Oh, yeah, man. Man, I don't think you know, that shit exists anymore. No, it does. Oh, They're it's selling still, a, it's, yeah. a, a product here in Canada has been marketed as soap bar. Yeah, that's the that? hash one that I was t- telling you. About. Oh, okay. It can't be actual soap bar because th- that was shit was so shit. <laughs> I know. They can't they, sell they, that for money. Would, yeah, still, you can still buy it over here, Mackie. It's definitely yeah. just like a marketing thing, but yeah, if they like, you know, if if you guys came over here and you're like, oh, there's soap bar hash, fuck that. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> funny to me. Anyway, enjoy the hash, man. Jammy bastard. But uh, I think that's about it. Should we go on with the news? Are we all ready to talk about some crazy shit? Yeah, do it. Yeah. I suppose so. I suppose so. Let's do it. So what do we have going on in the world this week? Any Anybody want to jump in and go first? I know you're always, or everybody's always so eager to jump in and do their news stories. Anybody? Anybody? Crickets. No. <laughs> as usual, monkey. You spoke. You want to go first, then? I, well, I might as well. I mean, no big deal. <laughs> this week, I got an article in Rolling Stone. Uh, inside California's cannabis crisis, small weed farmers are facing extinction under oppressive regulation, high taxes, and statewide collapse in cannabis pricing. Long title and subtitle there. Mm. Um, article paints a picture of let's see December a harvest ball in the Emerald. Emerald uh, Triangle. This is the Emerald Harvest Ball that we talked to Swami about. Mm-hmm. And it talks about, you know, thousands of dollars of cannabis on display in a in a, a mock dispensary built in a beautiful geodesic dome pavilion and, and vendors handing out uh, ponchos with logos on them. And you know, everything you can ever imagine is there and everybody is happy. But go next door. 
and the mood is decidedly different in a neighboring building where mom and pop cultivators were just accosted by uniform agents from the Department of Cannabis Control in California. Mm. Because they came with cannabis to sell cannabis, or at least to, they weren't allowed to sell cannabis there. They don't have a, a license to do that. They're, not, they're basically just cultivators in California. It's different license to sell it. But they wanted to bring samples so that everybody can smell it and maybe even taste it so that they can entice people to buy it. Well, <laughs> under new regulations in this situation here, and we'll go into other situations as well, they're no longer allowed to have the cannabis with them because they don't have a license to do so. And it, the point being like, well, I'm a farmer that I'm trying to sell my cannabis. How do I sell cannabis without having it with me? I mean, come on now. Mm. Who's going to buy cannabis from a photograph? Well, Me? people do it all the time here. <laughs> yeah, that's how I have to do it with my medical shit. I'm not allowed to see the stuff. I have to get it in the mail. Well, but yeah, think of that, it, be honest it is bullshit, really. though. It's uh-huh. that's a big problem here. That's that's what people complain about, and yeah, it is bullshit. Yeah. Well, since the small farmers don't have a retail license, which can cost upwards to a thousand, hundred thousand dollars a year to maintain, they can't bring their cannabis to these events. Events to display it and boost it to you know try and entice these dispensaries to buy their product and stay in business hundred thousand dollars what the fuck for man well it this is the licensing fee in california it seems this is like a california, year as well fucking oh, oh. per year per year Holy now fuck. the thing the thing in california though uh as the article goes on it, it starts explaining that as cannabis became more and more legal more and more municipalities are tacking on fees. You know, there's this fee for this and there's that fee for that. Oh, we're raising this fee over here. So now you've got these small farmers here with, uh, in, with a cannabis market that's being saturated. Prices are going down. Their taxes are going sky high. And so they'll sell a pound of cannabis. And most farmers now, and most of these small farmers that were being talked about in the article were losing upwards to $200 a pound by selling their cannabis. Can you imagine wow, man. planting cannabis and you go to sell your weed and you're, you're losing $200 a pound? And people that smoke your weed. What the fuck? <laughs> it's crazy. The reason for it is they're saying is it's the overregulation. Uh, a lot of steps were taken uh, when California went from a medicinal market to a recreational legal market. And originally they, there was a lot of uh, social equity steps taken to make sure that these mom and pop cultivators would, would be able to uh, develop and grow into this existing marketplace as the new big hitters, the heavy hitters came in. So one of the factors that they, they decided to do originally was limit acreage size for cultivation initially for the first several years so that these smaller guys could go ahead and build enough capital and maybe be a player when it opened up full speed. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, big cannabis gets involved and they put in a loophole. Well, they, did, they didn't want to expand the acreage, but they wanted to allow license holders to hold multiple parcels, which in effect does what? Expands the acreage, right? Mm-hmm. So these new growers that have the, the capital, the big cannabis comes in and they buy multiple, multiple parcels. And this is what's causing the cannabis prices in California to start going down, 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 because more and more is being cultivated on a larger scale. When you have multiple parcels that are interconnected, your production costs can be lower because you can share equipment, you can share labor, you can do many things at, mm-hmm. at a better at scale. Mm-hmm. So the, the advantage that was trying to be saved for the, for the small mom and pop shops for the few, first few years was negated. 
So that's crazy. I mean, what do you guys think about this? It's like, okay, it's typical. We, we hear about this all the time about big cannabis coming in and just wanting to run over mom and pop shops and just completely destroy everything. I think it's obscene, but at the same time, we, we, we talk to people like Breeder Steve, who says he's willing to do it and he's going to do it, bring it in on scale. And we have people like Steve D'Angelo, who uh, has, has sought to make sure that the cannabis prices are low enough so that it's accessible by everybody at the same, you know, mm -hmm. you know everybody has to be able to afford it. And now we have situations here where we have mom and pop cultivators being forced out the market. It's all interlocked and it's all tied together. Yeah. Uh, what do we, I mean, is there, is there solutions here? You know, people are being literally priced out of the market. It's the way it fucking goes, man. So much. I was just, so some of the taxes that they have to face are ridiculous. Like there's so mm. many of them. Like tax on tax on tax on tax on tax. It seems a little unnecessary. Yeah. I think there's place for both. There's place for large, you know, corporate cannabis, but you want a market where there's the small growers too, because that's sort of what makes the market robust. Well, it needs to be fair. That's the thing. And what you see what's happening with these big cannabis companies is they get tax breaks and they don't have to pay the same kind of fees because they're large scale than the smaller companies do. And that's where things start to get fucked up. If it was a fair open market, I think things would uh, balance out over time. How do you have a fair and open market, though, when you have people with so much money that they can operate at a loss for years to push you out of business? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then this is what's happening in Canada. Yeah. With, with it's happening in every business, not just cannabis. It's happening with Amazon. It's doing it to all these. Yeah. It's been happening for a long, long time with yeah. like places like Walmart coming along and landing yeah. in a small town and killing it's off all those smaller businesses. It's been it's been happening for a long time, not just in cannabis. It's a big mm -hmm. concern. Um. I think, and I don't, and the onus isn't all on us consumers, but um, you know, there needs to be tax. Uh, you need to relook at the tax scheme here. Spe speaking specifically about Canada, obviously that the excise tax is horseshit that all these producers have to pay. However, um, the consumer does have a lot of power too. And there is, you know, we're, we're not always like, we are looking for the cheapest, but with the cheapest, especially with in cannabis, in my experience here, you know, as volume of grow increases, the quality decreases. And there is, I, I believe there is a critical point that you can't produce what we consider top quality, high grade cannabis at that scale. You know, mm -hmm. they can grow at a loss and they can produce cannabis by definition, you know, it's technically, but it's not, even if it's a dollar a gram, I still wouldn't pay that because it's dog shit. I'd much rather pay um, you know, go over to Gord from North 40 and, and pay him directly, the farmer directly, to, and I'll pay him seven, eight, nine dollars a gram for some really good quality shit because, yeah. you know, you know where your money is going. You're supporting somebody that you like and trust. And uh, yeah, so like that aspect is um, an interesting component to this whole thing, the dynamic of the race to the bottom because yeah they, like the consumers and not to put again the onus on us but a lot of cannabis consumers are not like super into cannabis if you know what i mean you know they just want something to get them high kind of thing especially kind mm -hmm. of more than new consumers where you know mm -hmm. old heads are like they only want haze that's taken 22 weeks to flower and grown in this type of soil in this country blah 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 blah, blah. so when when that kind of like culture comes around to the vast majority of cannabis consumers i think that the big ones no matter how cheap their weed is will will go because people just 
you know, they know what good cannabis is and it's happening here in mm -hmm. Canada. Like uh, this year is expected to be kind of a big year for the small companies versus these big corporate companies, because like Monkey said, they're operating at loss after year after year after year. And you can only sustain that for so long. So I don't know. Um, it's an nascent industry, right? It's really new and who knows, but I do think that consumers do have a big role to play in this in supporting good people too, you know, like, if you know a local farmer, go buy weed from him, you know, or her, mm -hmm. or whatever. So, yeah, that's right, man. Uh, so support your local farmer, just yeah, like to support your local dealer, you know. <laughs> buy local, always, man. Mm -hmm. We always advocate that it's better for the environment. Yeah. It's better for everything. Buy local I mean, if you can, or just yeah. buy good. You know, like I buy my grow from Shane all the time. He's in Ireland. I'm in Canada, but I, I really like Shane, and I like supporting that, him and his company mm -hmm. because I believe in him and his company. So that to me is local too. It's local within the cannabis community, right? So it's not Amazon or it's not, mm -hmm. you know, Shenzhen, China or something like this. Mm -hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know. What do you see, much? When people come into your store, do they usually look for the cheapest thing or the uh, mediocre quality? What do they look for? You get both. I mean, definitely you have the people who are coming in that just want the high THC stuff. That still is very common, but a lot of people are on a budget and I can't really blame them for that. So a lot of the the smaller crack grows has a premium price tag, unfortunately. It's still pretty expensive mm -hmm. by comparison to buying stuff from corporate weed. And as much as I would love to spend 40, 50, 60 dollars on three and a half grams, for a lot of people, that's just not that realistic. Yeah. So, but I think there's place for both. I mean, you, can you, have you find it like, uh, say, if you were going to a, a farmer's market. And you're going to buy some jam and you'd buy a jar of jam for two or three times the amount you'd buy it in the supermarket mm -hmm. if it was uh, mass produced yeah it's going to be the same kind mm -hmm. of thing with weed and, and it's the same with alcohol as well craft beer is more expensive than budweiser for example yeah well there's a lot of things in in the cannabis market in california that just seem you know i'd say more money-centric than actual people-centric um for example there's a tax on these growers when they plant when they plant a plant, I think it's like a $150 a pound or something like that. The tax mm. that, that they're taxed on the weed, even before it gets to market, they have to pay this tax. Even if it doesn't pass their, uh, the labs, they have to pay this tax. This is the, the tax for growing the weed. Just, you know, that's Stupidness, it. Stupidness, man. You know, I mean, I understand about taxing on it when it goes to market and you're being paid for it, but my gosh, if you grow in something like this and something goes wrong, everybody has crop failure, but farm, other farmers don't have to pay taxes when, they, when their crops fail like that. It just uh, it kind of sets, sets it up against these guys a little bit mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. but, you know, in that article was crazy how much they're paying. Oh, the, the, no, the, the dollar taxes. But, and it's just the thing is a lot of these growers are finding that as, as the market emerges, like even small municipalities are saying, you know, we want a little piece of the pie now. Mm -hmm. And everybody's coming over and everybody thinks marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it, is this massive pot of money you can just keep pulling from forever. And it's not because what's happening now, the pot for the growers, the, you know, the, the, the original, the origin of the whole cannabis thing, the growers themselves are <laughs> losing money. So it's really a horrible thing. People were, were really critical in this article about uh, Steve D'Angelo's push to get Proposition 64 passed, which was, you know, the legalization in California. 
And it, it sought to make sure that, that uh, there was enough grower competition out there to keep the price low. Because, you know, when we talk to Steve all, frequently, that's what he says it's important to him is that the plant's accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, now that this is happening, Steve's on the other side of the coin trying to make sure that these, these uh, craft growers don't get pushed out of business. So I think his intentions are, are good here. You know, it's just mm -hmm. one of the things, situations that you, you shoot for a good intention and the system goes haywire. It's a shame, man. I hope that the small farmers can you know, hang out and hang in there and keep producing their good shit. Because we don't well, want to be stuck with a few big, big fucking growing companies, do we? Because that'll be shit, man. That'll be I shit. No, some of these farmers would be like Swami and Nikki too. And mm -hmm. those are the kind of people like, I want to smoke their weed yeah. just because yeah. they are, right? And, well, hmm. Swami and Nikki have a, have a little bit different situation because uh, obviously they can sell their weed. So they have a license to sell. That, that mm. helps them a, a good bit. But it's, the article was really talking mostly about these people who can't even afford the license to sell that, that are just um, basically old legacy growers that, that are trying to fit mm. into, the, into the existing market within the social equity uh, guidelines that California said that they were going to let them have. It's crazy stuff, man. Fuck's sake, man. California doesn't seem like a very nice place right now. Well, for, as far as weed goes, it's just gotten really competitive, you know, yeah. and the state, when they legalized everything, the state was not in the best of financial situations. And a lot of people just saw cannabis as being, you know, it's going to be the golden goose and it's going to bail out everything and everything's going to be wonderful. And unfortunately, they've overtaxed it. And mm -hmm. when that happens, you don't make money out of it because it's too expensive. And everybody goes, as we well know, to the legacy market because it's too expensive. It's overtaxed. Uh, it's too regulated. There's many, many, many things like that. But that's this started to happen in California. The price is so low that the growers can't make money. They, um... yeah. Well, I'm not saying it's so low for the consumers. Mm -hmm. It's too low for the growers to make money. But yeah, somebody's making money, and that's the government right now. Mm -hmm. And these already rich motherfuckers, like the owners of Tilray and and them of kind course. of guys, because of the well, I mean, because of the government payouts they get. Yeah, but I mean, they're also get they're also lined up, you know, with this multiple parcel system here. They, you know, they can go grab huge tracts of land now. So when when it when it's full on open to the competition model, they've already set up shop and everything's going. And it's just like, bam, there you go, you're done. It scares me because as other states go in here, we need to look at this California model and say this doesn't work, people. We don't want to mm -hmm, do this again. Mm -hmm. It seems like the more and more I'm seeing it, this this. Uh, Oklahoma model looks pretty good right now, you know, small entrance fee, lots of mom and pop uh, shops are, are available. Uh, it's just one of those things, easy to get into, into the market and, and work within the cannabis industry in Oklahoma, it seems. So maybe that's a better model. Well, maybe in 10 years time, there'll be a lot of different places with a lot of different methods and we'll get to see who has the best way. <laughs> We're a Let's long way the, from there, isn't it? Let's see what the Mississippi model looks like. Mm. After the governor there tried to veto it three times. You know? See what the UK model looks like, man. Come on. Ooh, that'd be even better, yeah. That'd be fucking like sweet. Or well, the Irish model, my gosh. Oh. Just the tomato, you know? Sell yeah, the tomatoes, yeah. like Ed says. Fucking big tomato, be. sure. Medium tomato, sure. Meat, growing tomatoes in my backyard and bringing them to work for, you know, give me five bucks for a bucket, sure. What the fuck is the difference? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to go to the market and buy myself some cannabis. That'd be great. Right. I don't really see a problem with that, you know. Technically, I could do that with tobacco, so why why the heck not? Mm -hmm. yeah, you can do that with like anything else. I mean, technically, I guess, but like 
Have you ever heard of anyone getting arrested for like selling tomatoes to their fucking neighbors or bread no. or cookies no. or fucking go to a church bake sale for fuck's sakes? You yeah. know, like it's yeah, like all how, been extorted, how, man. That's how my wife used to make uh, spending money as a kid. Was she used to pick the tomatoes out of dad's garden and go to, around to the neighbors and sell them. You know, cool. with dad's permission, of course, like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what you're talking about there. It's a tomato. Go sell it. It's a bud. If, go sell it. If your dad grows the best tomatoes, probably mm-hmm. he's going to have a lot of people wanting those too. So yeah. mm-hmm. why shouldn't he be able to provide those? If your dad grows the best bud, you knock on the door with this really dank, dank bud in front of you. Yeah, yeah, somebody might buy that from mm-hmm. you. Why not? We need to lift <laughs> up to the store a lot too, of regulations, but... man. We can't just keep moving forward and having... You know, more places legalized, but putting more restrictions on, more taxes on it. It's, it's just not the right direction to go in. Yeah. Hopefully they can figure something out, man. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the whole California industry right now is on a precipice of a, a big change. So mm-hmm. it, either they're going to salvage these small guys or they're going to go away forever. Mm-hmm. So scary thoughts. Good luck, California. Mm-hmm. TG, you have some uh, news from up in Canada for us, right? We do, yeah. From uh, Matt Lammers, international That's right, editor yeah. at MJ Biz Daily, definitely a good guy to follow. The like one of the best guys actually to follow if you're into yeah, the cannabis. Yeah, we had him. Uh, he was a guest on the show a few weeks ago, from maybe yeah. a month ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I missed that one, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, he's like one of my favorite journalists. So his uh, story today is: Health Canada has seized more than 35 million grams of marijuana, comma. 7,800 plants after inspections. That's a lot of grams of marijuana. Mm. So, um, yeah, these uh, this 70 or 35 million grams, which works out to 77,000 pounds for you imperialists. That's like a lot of fucking weed. 350,000 kilos or something, 35,000 kilos. Yeah, I'll tell you about that. Yeah, yeah. Divided by a thousand. But anyway, it's a lot of weed. Damn, um, that's a lot of fucking and, weed. Yeah, uh, yeah. This this all came from license holders like that breached the the rules basically. So uh, they were not in compliance, and uh, yeah, Health Canada seizes their shit. And when they become in compliance, if they do, they get it back. Um, so apparently, there was nine and a half million grams were that were returned, but most of the products, the twenty six million grams, were destroyed. And all of the plants were destroyed. And by destroyed, I mean destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Wow, That's a lot of man. wasted weed, right? Like for fuck's sakes. Yeah, we um, can destroy that forum. We have our, you know, personal incineration devices, aka monkey pipes. So yeah, we could take care of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was wrong <laughs> with it? Why was it why was it not good for consumption? Or what? Well, I mean, in my uh, cynicalness, it was just Lil P weed, so it's dog shit in the first place. Ha ha ha! But that's not why. Um, it was because they were in they were non-compliant in the, in the regulations, right? So maybe they had a a room, like it mentions here. This is kind of the centered on Can Trust. I don't know if you guys remember the debacle when Health Canada inspected their grow space, and they apparently had this basically just a giant fucking curtain up, and on the other side of the curtain was a giant quote room quote unquote like it wasn't really a room it was just a divided warehouse and then there was a bunch of illegal weed there then they didn't they're like oh yeah fuck you know and then they got <laughs> like in big shit they lost their license and 
you know, I, well, maybe they, I can't remember if they are back or not. The report doesn't say, but yeah, it's, it's a fucking fucking gong show because the whole thing about legalization was to eliminate organized crime and, and the shit show that apparently exists there. And yet in the first three years, this is all we've like so much, so much of a, uh, we've seen in, in the legal industry, you know, um, Interestingly, the big producers like Aurora and Tillerby were mostly in compliance, which kind of does make sense, you know, because they're so public. Right. Um, they, they'd have to be pretty sneaky and they get audited a lot too um, because they are so big. But um, the part of this in article that kind of confirmed me was the inspections part. Not really, because, you know, there was a, this is inspections of people like myself with medical and designated growers. Mm-hmm. And it was up from... Uh, nine in the previous year of 20 is 2019 in 2020 there were 82 of the 43,000 people who have a license so 0.002 percent you know not very many people are getting inspected but i do still worry there's been push for like the elimination of the medical program entirely because well you can just get it done at the store kind of shit right i hate that um which isn't great yeah so medical is definitely required still and will be, but it needs to be expanded in terms of uh, taxes, as we were talking about before. I still have to pay taxes on my fucking medicine if I buy it. Um, but yeah, basically a bunch of weed was seized by Health Canada um, from some licensed producers that weren't following the rules. So legalization doesn't solve the problem, I guess, right? Mm, I don't know, no. but um just shitty people being shitty you know this this exists in all industries i think where people are trying to cut corners and whatever so yeah it's gonna happen no matter where you are i mean if you let them cut corners they're gonna push you even further and cut more corners so you're always gonna be facing these issues but what corners were people cutting i would say probably stuff like using pesticides they're not supposed to be using growing extra rooms where they haven't been approved yet or, that, that's uh, fine well can't they grow more that's ridiculous to but i mean using pesticides and yeah and dodgy shit you know finding mold and things like that, that's decent reason for weed to be destroyed probably it, got an extra room and shit it's like yeah yeah it's it, honestly it. it's it's probably the extra room mostly mm-hmm. because um they would have mentioned pesticides oh. that would that would have been a big deal but uh yeah if you're just not if you're doing something you're not approved to do yet like at where i work we were a license holder where we make concentrates so we're kind of a a third party we don't grow per se but we still have a whole shitload of stuff we have to comply to we haven't been audited by health canada yet and our qa people are always like you know and we we do we're we're a good lab so we always keep shit the way it should be and we do shit the way it should be but it's a very worrisome thing because health canada comes and you have to be so in compliance. And if, if they deem you non-compliant, then you have to pause whatever you're doing, make then prove to them that you can be back and do it right. And the rules are kind of vague sometimes. And so it's, it's hard to like comply to them, to be honest, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And maybe a lot of this was just, you know, excited people getting into it without actually really understanding the legalese that this fucking cannabis act is written in. And then just, we didn't know, but a lot of it probably too is like, you know, maybe they're waiting for a license and they start early and they don't get it when they think, I don't know, there could be lots of reasons, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's, it's just, it's weird shit like that. And uh, again, it's a burden because this hinders small craft growers because, you know, they, 
a person who or a company who doesn't have a lot of capital like Aurora or like Tilray, you know, ma and pa grower puts all their life savings into this thing, expecting to be ready to go in eight months. Health right. Canada takes X amount of time to audit them. They have to wait and they have to wait. So what do they do? Maybe they start a bit early because they have to fucking make some money because they don't have any money anymore because they don't, they're not working or whatever. And then Health Canada finally comes and says, oh, you guys shouldn't have done that, you know? Mm. So maybe stuff like that too, which is horseshit um, and a regulation issue that needs to be addressed. But uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Either way, a lot of weed seized. Yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah, lot of fucking weed too. It's a lot of medicine for some yeah, people. Ex- exactly, you know? exactly. We have some weed, some some weed news from you as well, Marge. Right? Yes, we do. Also from uh, Canada, from sunny Stud- Canada. Sunny Canada. It's yeah, it is sunny today actually where I am. Study finds forty percent of motorists have driven under the influence of alcohol or cannabis. Oh my god. I know. I will give kudos to the Toronto Sun for using the term cannabis and not marijuana, however. So there's that on a positive note. Mm -hmm. The article starts out by saying over 40% of drivers have consumed alcohol and smoked cannabis and gotten behind the wheel, new U.S. study found. And then they switch over to the latest stats from MAD Canada. For those of you who don't know, that's uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And they show that there were eight... 86,864 alcohol and drug-related charges laid against drivers in 2019. And StatsCan also says that police-reported impaired driving rates increased by 19% from 2018 to 2019. So Mm. it looks like people are uh, drinking and smoking weed more than they were before, which is not good news, obviously. It says the alcohol and cannabis are the two most common substances involved in impaired driving and motor vehicle crashes. And somewhere else in this article, it said that is probably the leading cause of crashes in Canada right now. Whoa. Which is pretty sad. To, in my mind, that's pretty, these are pretty bad stats because obviously it's just a case of people should know better. Mm-hmm. And it's not like with Uber and all those other ride sharing services and stuff out there that there's really no reason why you should be driving intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Um, cannabis is only second to alcohol among substances found in drivers involved in crashes or char- charged with impaired driving. Most frequent drug found mixed with alcohol for those who are involved in vehicle crashes. Um, the one thing that did make me laugh about this article is there was a CAA, CAA poll uh, found that 12% of Canadians aged 18 to 34 believe they are better drivers after smoking pot, which is wrong. <laughs> and I quote right from the article, they just say, which is wrong. And one in five drivers say they have uh, driven high or been in a vehicle with a stone driver. So I don't know how you guys feel about that. Sometimes like I don't drive stone because I'm a lightweight anyway, but I have known people to drive probably under the influence of cannabis only. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I I don't think it's the same as alcohol. alcohol no, it's alcohol. definitely not, man. You, you know, alcohol is like you should not be driving if you've drank alcohol. Well, you, you see, Marge, you hit it on the, the, a nail on the head there a second ago when you said impairment, when you're intoxicated. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a big difference between a recreational user and a medical user, first of all, with mm-hmm. impairment. Because you have somebody or even somebody who would be a, a, a light medical user 
because they could smoke a spliff and be like, oh, I have to sit now for the next couple of hours or type thing. And then you have the likes of some of, some of us, yeah. which like <laughs> I drive, in, I wouldn't say impaired, but I drive medicated every day of the week. Every time I sit behind the wheel of the car or truck or van or whatever, I'm, I'm medicated. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I'd have two even before I get into the car in the morning. But yeah, no, totally not, not impaired whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And I have friends that are, you know, heavy smokers and mm. uh, you would never know. And they're, mm-hmm. they're not impaired to the way I would be impaired if I was to smoke and then drive, which mm-hmm. I wouldn't be. <laughs> well, the reason you see, and that's the thing, it's the impairment of it is if you, you should be responsible enough to know that like there is times that I would go, yeah, I'm not going to drive to the shop because I am fucking absolutely mashed potatoes here. Mm-hmm. Very, very seldom it happens, but it would be kind of like late at night, maybe when you're after being sitting fucking on the bong for the whole night. And tiredness would come into play then as and, well. Yeah, exactly. It's all you, know? you got to try and make your own adult decision on whether mm. you're too impaired. And you know, for me, if I had one pint of alcohol, I wouldn't even bother driving. They no. say you can drink one pint or whatever, and it's like, no, nothing for me. I won't I drive too, if I have yeah, alcohol too. whatsoever. But it's I a different story. Weed, you know, I'd hit, I'd hit my mighty before I go out driving. Motherfucker, I hit the mighty like, while they're driving. <laughs> I haven't been legal to drive in in. What is it? Twenty twenty two, eight years, mm-hmm. L- literally eight years. I have not been because our laws says there's an what is it five nanogram blood limit. I'm pretty sure my blood type is fucking THC at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no way in fuck I would pass any sort of test, um, you know. And I have been breathalyzed. Luckily, I didn't get drag or drug test five thousand. Did did when they yeah, yeah. pulled me over. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, but the impairment issue, that's a, a, an issue that's super close to my heart um, because, like I said, as a medical user who pretty much fucking smokes constantly, like, like fucking, I don't know, a lot, you know, um, I'm pretty sure I'd be more impaired having a fucking stomach spasm and, and veering off the road because mm-hmm. I can't keep my fucking head up, you know, more in bed we- when a Justin Bieber song comes up on the radio and I have to press yeah. skip as quickly as possible. Exactly. You and that's know, just like, one of the many artists. <laughs> I just impairment is such a such a blanket term to put on like cannabis users because like like I say, it and like Marge says, she you you have friends that you wouldn't even know are stoned. That's that's I ask people often at work, you know, like what do you think of me right now? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, you know, they think I'm fucked, but like nobody nobody ever knows any because I'm not like I'm not stoned. I'm never stoned. I'm never impaired. I'm, I have the shit in my system, but I'm not impaired. There's mm-hmm. a, like, there's a fucking difference. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. see, I always go by the thing that if you meet somebody for the first time stoned, that's what they think you are every time you meet them. So they just think it's normal. <laughs> well, it is normal though. Like, exactly. I'm not like, Hey man, like how's it gone? Bro? Like that's not, or whatever no, the fucking people think. Goalie. Yeah, but old Brian. Shout out to Spicoli. <laughs> Original stuff. Article is like obviously impaired driving when you're impaired, especially with alcohol, is a huge problem, and people shouldn't mm. be doing yes. that. Yes, no, and to smoking weed before driving, and there is to alcohol, and there is no medicinal alcohol either. That's so right. You just shouldn't drive drunk. Period. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cannabis. 
there's way more layers to it. And yeah. it's, we're not covering that in this particular article. They're just lumping them together because they say drugs yeah. and alcohol. Well, was it weed or was it somebody like ripping rails and then drinking and then getting back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, that's, a, that's a good point, Marge, because the Toronto Sun traditionally is actually a fairly conservative paper that usually doesn't take a very positive stance on things like drug use or that type of shit so grain of salt too with this article right as usual yeah yeah for sure so there we go let us know what you think in the chat uh do you drink and drive do you smoke and drive do you do both well what are your restrictions let us know in the we comments don't, below <laughs> don't incriminate yourself or anything but yeah you know. yeah yeah <laughs> a friend of mine would please the fifth. Please the fifth. that's right somebody i know yeah. so uh then we have some news from the uk here as well Man scared of dealers after getting shot grew 66,000 pounds cannabis farm. And this guy apparently grew 66 grand's worth of, but it's, it, you know, it's nothing like that. Here we go. We got a man who's a man who said he was scared of drug dealers after getting shot grew 66,000 pounds cannabis farm to avoid having to buy it on the streets. Mark Murphy of Stonehill Street in Anfield appeared before Liverpool Crown Courts after pleading guilty, producing cannabis and possessing the drug with intent to supply. So that's him pleading guilty to possession. And he, he even pleaded guilty with the intent to supply there. So he told the court pretty much that it was growing, not just for himself, but to sell it to other people. That's where he screwed up right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't go to prison for this. It says later on down here, uh, Judge Murphy... A judge told Murphy that ordinarily such an offense would mean an immediate jail sentence because, you know, it's uh, looking to supply and he had a lot of plants there as well. We haven't come to that bit yet, have we? We haven't told how many plants are in there. Did we miss it? I don't no, think it's, so. in, the, it's no. in the bottom of the, bottom yeah, of the yeah. article. I'm going to say that should really be at the top, letting us know what it did. You fucking used to This is Liverpool Echo, by the way, the, uh, the news. Yeah, the, I had to skip to the end to find out that information. You know mm-hmm. how I am. So there we go. So it's coming up at the end. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, so usually something like this, even to admitting to have, being in possession of cannabis and intent to supply is enough to get a, a small jail sentence here in the UK. But uh, after hearing that the 28-year-old only wants to help to cure his cannabis addiction, the judge suspended a 16-month prison sentence for 18 months. So he, now, that happens... An awful lot. It is a plea deal, and mm-hmm. it is when you say, "Oh, I am addicted to cannabis, and it's the only way I could do it to pay yeah. for my own addiction." Please help exactly. me. Exactly what he Please did. help me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's, mm-hmm. it's the standard standard rhetoric. It's what happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's that they'll end up putting you into this fucking shitty fucking rehab clinic that's probably going to. But this is it. It says here, uh, Judge Andrew Maneri QC. The recorder of Liverpool also ordered him to attend a six-month drug rehabilitation course and 20 days rehabilitation activities. Fuck me. He additionally imposed an electronically monitored curfew, so he's got a tag on his leg, one of them, uh, on him for three months between 8 and 6 a.m. So No night time for you, sir. No, no weed. You have to go on this six months drug rehabilitation course for cannabis, which like, is legal for medical team. use here in the UK. It's like, what did this guy do, man? Well, he probably, I think he put himself in the shit more than anything. More to the point, he, he, he it was never for fucking 
medical. He done it, and that's all. It's only bullshit that he said that. In fact, I'm not gonna to call a spade a spade. Like nobody grows even sixty six grand on what the police street value. You're probably talking the guts of about twenty grand actual value. Mm-hmm. Who needs mm-hmm. twenty grand's worth of fucking weed a crop from medicinal use? And if it was for medicinal use, like what a lot of us do, we all grow because we don't want to support the illicit market and we don't want to have to deal with them. But we keep the grows at a reasonable no, scale but, where it's really but, just wait until you get to the end maybe. wait till we get yeah. to the end then you'll see what the amount of the amount of plants he had and shit because it's not actually that much uh robert win jones prosecuting told liverpool crown court uh, that on august the 5th 2020 police officers executed a search warrant at his home and noticed a strong smell of cannabis so there we go no, rule number three broken there if rule number three hadn't been broken would he have been found out hmm they also saw an extractor pipe from the staircase and upstairs found two rooms that had been converted into cannabis growing rooms. There were 15 large plants, whatever large plants means, and 36 right. saplings in incubators and drugs. Saplings. 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 Really, that's that a, that's a term for trees, not, <laughs> not cannabis. You know, and it's so like... Sorry, say that again, Mackie. How many? 15 large plants. And 36 saplings in incubators. So cuttings, you mean? <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Yeah. I'm calling okay, saplings. Okay, yeah. Seedlings, <laughs> seedlings <laughs> babies, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, fi- 15 large plants. It's like, I've got eight, what, what they would consider large plants. And that doesn't mean it's fucking, it's worth 33 grand because it's half of the 66, which he got prosecuted with. Yeah. There's no way it's worth that much. No. Yeah. But that, mm. that, that's just fucking overinflation. I take mm-hmm. everything I said back. I think they're just everything. making making this guy out as if, mm. you know, because he's gone to court and the court have pretty much told him you're going to say this, and he's just like, yes, okay, yeah, okay, and, yeah. and they're using him for propaganda. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. He's like now because he said he needs help with his cannabis addiction. You know, he was growing it because he's scared about being on the street and. All these different things, man. Is I think the solicitor just said, say this and this and this and this, and you'll yeah. get off with suspended. And and then, I know people. I know people that have done it, not with growing, but with selling, and they were told the exact same thing: say mm-hmm. this, and you'll get away with it. And you yeah. got away with like a five hundred quid fine and a fucking <laughs> bit of community service. So bullshit, man. Yeah. But there we go. You know, try not to. You know, if you get caught doing this shit, just best thing to do is shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's things that you can say that will help you when you do get to court, but you have to uh, just be careful not to incriminate yourself and, yeah. and never ever say that you're supplying it to anybody. Even if, like for me, for example, I would occasionally give my mother a couple of cannabis cigarettes to help her sleep at night. But you oh, tell right. a police officer that, and that's still, regardless of it's my mother and she's using it for just a couple of spliffs every now and then just to help her sleep, they don't give a fuck that supply. They want to give you a prison sentence for helping your mom get to sleep at night. So don't trust these motherfuckers. Don't try and give them anything extra. Keep your mouth shut and just do whatever they fucking tell you to do. And you, you don't get yourself in any further trouble. You know what I'm saying? In that case. What was that, Marjorie? Less is always more. Say less. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they ask your name and, you know, that just give them that. That's all. You know, so what you grow for? Mind your business. I'm not discussing my day with you. I'm not discussing my hobbies with you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't have to answer. Sorry, I don't answer questions. <laughs> there you go. I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't Actually, answer questions. Like, 
Make sure you have fuck the police just kind of quietly on in the background too. I know all the words anyway, so I'll just wrap it out. I don't care. You know, I actually read the thing one time that said if you put like mid uh, mid tier or mid era Metallica, like Metallica Load or Reload or some shit, or the Black Album, especially the Black Album on your seat, and the cop comes around, decent chance they're gonna like, ooh, you're a cool guy. I like Metallica too. Maybe give nice. you an easier time. Nice, don't try nice, that. I'm not. Nice. This is not legal advice, but uh, I read it on Twitter. Definitely I read it on that. Twitter. <laughs> well, everything you read on Twitter is accurate, right? Of course. <laughs> so we have there. one more news story from GB, straight out of Ireland. Who's saying GB? We had a lot of activists. It was uh, patients for safe access. They were out and they done a a protest up in Dublin there, and they were outside the the halls or the doors, gates of Leinster House, which is our parliament over here. There was a a load of the actual campaigners and who are a lot of them have to rely on the illicit market and um, like amy brown who's 29 she traveled up from tipperary and it was a torturous experience for her because she has endometriosis you know and she said she was in agony on the day and it was like a screwdriver was twisting into her left rib and was actually left sick in the car on the way up here that her mom had to pass her tissues, you yeah. know, but she done this so that she could get up to make her voice be heard, you know, because it's over here. It's just, it's a farce. They, they treat anyone with cannabis or anyone that has it. Like what we spoke before, you have to be addicted to cannabis in order to want to use it. They have, it, they basically put it in the same category as the likes of heroin and fucking crystal meth and cocaine and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, that's, fair. that's really fair, isn't it? Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, and then she was saying, um, she went on to say that she feels um, vulnerable because she has to buy her um, her medicine on the illicit market. And then she's buying; she doesn't know what she's buying either. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then that every day that she's in fear as well of how that it just takes a random copper to come up and to to do a drug test and drag her in front of the courts like a criminal and this is just a, a young girl who is trying to treat herself because conventional medicine does not work you know it's it's fucking madness we had R- dr russell vanta we've had russell on the show with us um before he was up there and um, he's a researcher of chemistry in the ucc and he also traveled up for the the thing he had a travel act a cycling accident a few years ago if you remember mm-hmm. he was telling us and he he suffered serious fucking facial and dental fractures from it and he has neuropathic pain he couldn't sleep he's up all night he feels like this literally people something pouring like hot oil into his mouth again conventional medicine wasn't working for him you know he he wasn't anybody who ever tried or used cannabis before and um, not recreationally or he he's purely for for medicinal reasons and he's again has to rely on the illicit market, and again has to rely on fucking whatever he's given. And it's not, you know, even the illicit market in the in the UK, um, Mackie. If somebody says it's Star Dog, ninety nine times out of ten, it's got to be Star Dog. If somebody no, says it's, it's, it's Jack not Harrow, going to be Star Dog. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Okay, well. 
we'll even what I'll come to as well is the fact that you even have a, a medicinal uh, proper medical um, system, although you do have to pay for it. You know, it is a proper proper medical access program where over here we don't. Mm-hmm. We have an access program, but it only comes from three for if you have three um, ailments, which is uh, vomiting associated from chemotherapy, severe um, uh, or treatment for resistant epilepsy. And um, if you have spasticity associated with multiple sclerosis, not only that, there's like less than 50 people in this country who are able to avail of this. You you have to have a special license from the Minister of Health himself. You know, this is the dude, Stephen Donnelly, that we are all quite familiar with. I've spoken about him many times. He said that he Mm -hmm. had no problem with if there was a a consenting adult wanted to use cannabis. He said this just before he came into power. And as soon as he came into power, as oh, no, 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 no. Every time he he ignores people, just point blankly. Um, He attacks them at every angle. Sounds like Joe Biden. Yeah, <laughs> quite similar, you know. But um, I'll go back to the story. Yeah, um, so like Dr. Bantle was saying that if he, he his dream would be to be able to get a prescription of a pill and take it, and that would be his dream, you know. So like, it, it shows that there's people on all sides of the coin, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so we had there down that it was um Gino Kenny, the People Before Profit TV. And um, he is the one that's bringing before the bill and uh, before the doll. And um, we spoke to Gina as well. Uh, <clears throat> he was down talking about how it means that there's. <clears throat> where are we? Oh, yeah, that the program is too restrictive and that there's only a handful of people, as I just said, are, are able to available and that the system itself is just simply not fit for purpose and that it has to be expanded. Um, um, some medics with influence, on the other hand, are saying the opposite. We have a Dr. Ray Wally, a GP and a member of the Cannabis Risk Alliance. And he said that the Health Products Regulatory Authority conducted a study on medical cannabis in 2017. He did say that they did a very extensive review of literature internationally. So they said that they had a look at international literature, but that has stated that there was no evidence of scientific data demonstrating the effectiveness of cannabis as a product. What fucking evidence was he looking at? Well, that's the evidence that's out there, though, isn't it? They only release the studies that, that say that it doesn't work. They don't there release any studies saying that it does. It's ridiculous. But there's plenty of studies over in America and in Canada mm-hmm. and in things that are contradictory to... So much but, of the bullshit that they fucking. But they cherry pick, don't they? They cherry pick on whoever's funding them. Oh yeah, well that's always yeah. the way. But it says it does go down that um, Dr. Wally is that he's not opposed to other conditions in the medical cannabis pro- um, program, but mm-hmm. he cautions that strong medical evidence at the heart will be any decision of it, and that there it just isn't strong medical evidence. Um, yeah. which is bullshit but however another do- uh, eminent doctor which will be Dr. Garrett McGovern he's an addiction specialist at the Prairie Medical Clinic has voiced his opinion and he says that there is very good quality research over or there is very little good quality research over here as the drug is illegal mm-hmm. you know? so as you know 
we can't have it both ways. They say that they that there's no evidence, but on the other hand, not to invest in cannabis research. And in fact, they probably do re- invest in cannabis research, but it's all fucking sponsored by Big Pharma. And they don't want, mm-hmm. not yet. No, now Pfizer is fucking a huge player in Ireland. Massive. And Pfizer have recently just bought a cannabis um, brand. Is it brand or LP or fucking something? They just took it over anyway. So mm-hmm. you never know. The change, the, the toys could change a bit, but not for recreation, maybe for medical in yeah, a way. Yeah, that's it. Recreational is a different story, isn't it? Especially if yeah. a, a, a big pharma company has hold of it, they don't want it out for recreational. Well, maybe they do have to grow now. It's more customers, isn't it? Mm. Fuck knows, man. So, yeah, it's a, but it is. It, it shows that there is progress. Although there is limited progress, there is still progress happening. Um, we did have the pushback on the Citizens' Assembly, which was a massive pushback. There was 77, I think, to 12. Some shit like that said no. Wow. Yeah. How, like, when people of the vast ways of the fucking population are calling for it when there's vast ways of people in the house are calling for and put bringing bills forward for it, but yet they don't want to have a listen to what the citizens assembly says on the matter um but yet they pass ones to allow fucking hedge funds and mm-hmm. capital funds to come in and buy up entire housing estates that people can never buy a house in them and that all they're ever going to be able to do is to rent and they they support that Again, it is the same 68 or 70 odd people who said no to the fucking bill. And it's the same thing every time. Mm. All of the ones that benefit just them and the very few people at the top, they vote, they vote to let them through, but let everybody else suffer. Yeah. It's a fucking sham. It is. Shocking shit, man. Yeah. But we had Martin as well, actually. Um, sorry, just before I go, when Martin was up there beating the drum, as he always does, and so was a few other people that we know of. Um, I think Kenny Tynan was up there, and Pamela was up there. There was a few people from the Funky Skunk and that. Um, we spoke to a lot of these people as well over, mm-hmm. the, over the last two years. So, so yeah, no, hopefully, hopefully we will have some change over here. And there might, there might be some some change when they see that there is such and we have an awful lot of protests and things coming up here in or in Ireland and Dublin and Cork and in, I think there's some Galway and everything planned over the over the coming months. So sweet man. Yeah. Let's see I think there's gonna be more protests as summertime comes in it. Yeah. We should see That's some all in the UK too. Hopefully. And all the restrictions have gone well sort of gone from the old you you know that thing. Ours are gone from tomorrow. Sweet. No restrictions at all. The only one that you want is the, about the traveling thing. Like if you want to go to Spain or anywhere, you have to have the the vaccine passports. Right. Know, but right. If you, if you want to go, if you want to go to the UK and if you're not vaccinated, it's fine. All you need is a, a swab up the nose to say you haven't got COVID. And the same thing when you're coming back. Sweet. Yeah. Things are getting back to normal. It is slowly but surely. So we got some forum news before we move on to the grow guide section. Uh, we have the HLG heads or tails competition, which is now up and running. And that the entry for that closes in two weeks. So I'm just going to keep letting you know about that on the show. So you don't forget about it. Uh, make sure everybody goes over there, signs up, 
to purses if you're not a member already and just uh, pick heads or tails. And then when the flip happens, which is the 14th of March, I think it's going to happen, that if you are correct, you'll go through to the next stage. And whoever can get it right, the most times in a row, will win. And they'll take right. on the, the black wing from HLG. So we have a the 10 post minimum and it's plenty of time yeah. to sign up and get your 10 post in and still join the comp. That's right. You just jump in the, the random chat thread or introduce yourself, put a, a grow diary off. It's only 10 posts. It won't take you long. No, pretty quick. That's right. Let's get involved. Come and check out percyscoreroom.com and sign up to the HLG heads or tails competition. It's going to be a good one. Then we have a shitload of promotions this week because it's been a while since we did some promotions and then we, just uh, had a discussion in the admin section then and decided we'll bump up a shitload of people. So the, time. yeah, it's been a while. It's been months, hasn't it, since we did some. But mm-hmm. Bubble Hawk became a moderator. So Big those over there, there over those people over there in New Zealand and Australia who have been scared to come over purses because there's no Australians there. Well, Bubble Hawk is, is from around your neck of the woods. That's so right. Come, Come and sign up and he'll look after you. He's like your designated Australian moderator. <laughs> no, that, is that the deal? He has to handle all Southern Hemisphere business. That's right. That, that's all yours, Bubba Hawk. <laughs> that's yours to deal with, bro. Well, congratulations, man. And thanks for all the hard work you do over at Percy's. Definitely. Yeah, man. It makes a big difference. Thank you very much. Moderators help us a bunch. And then for some reason, we decided to make Billy and Galandil respected users. Yeah, go imagine that. Just post numbers, really, in it. <laughs> no, it was about time for those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, congratulations, you, you know, to Billy Angelander. We know you're trolls, but it's good fun, really. It's good fun. But sometimes you can be a bit too much sometimes, though. Both of you. No, you know? Now you control the higher levels. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then you've got a whole new section you're controlling. Exactly. Well, congratulations. But uh, anything else? Anything else for the forum news? Uh, the Cannoli Cup is going to end yes. very soon, next couple of days. So make sure you've got you've been over to Percy's and showed us your hash making technique with some po- photos and things like that. That would be cool to see. But I think that's it for the news. Anything else? Anything else? Then we've got the Dr. Bunny Goldstein interview coming up on the 4th of March. Tommy Chong is coming on the 8th of March. So make sure you check out uh, the YouTube channel or come and see on the forum for the links for those. When, when they uh, go up. I know the Dr. Bonnie Goldstein link is already out there on our YouTube channel, and you can see that coming up on scheduled live streams. So if you haven't already, make sure you click on the reminder so you'll get a notification when it's coming up. It's going to be a good stream. So anything else there? Anything else?